Hey, did you know that a former child prodigy who once played Carnegie Hall also opened the first and only black and women owned insurance firm on Wall Street in New York? Hear about this story and more in the new book, Black Pioneers of the American Insurance Industry, available now on Amazon. Loving the You Should Get a License podcast? Want to help us to keep making great content? Consider making a donation by clicking the listener support link in the episode description. Your support helps us to keep bringing you the best information, education, and inspiration on the most underrated career opportunity in business today. We appreciate you in advance on letting everybody know why you should get a license. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the You Should Get a License podcast, your number one source for information, education, and inspiration. I'm your host, Rod Powell. Hey, listen, this is going to be a special conversation because we actually have one of my mentors in the business and a personal friend as well. Um, when When I was thinking about this podcast and I thought about stories and I thought about experiences that really could add value and and, and how this industry can really shape someone's life and the way that they impact the world. This is one of the individuals that I thought about. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's gonna be, it's gonna be packed with nuggets and gems and, and just things that you could take away for, for your career and for your life as well. He's a, a father, an entrepreneur, he, he, he runs multiple businesses. I know him as an insurance entrepreneur, as a, as a owner of a brokerage, uh, as a owner of a, a marketing firm. He's helping businesses in a multitude of ways. I want to welcome the president of Rhino Finn Consulting, my friend Lincoln Beringer. Lincoln, welcome. Hey, Rod, it is great to be here. Uh, but I've got to correct you. I'm not your mentor, man. You are my mentor. It is a blessing to be here. I really appreciate the time and even you reaching out and, uh, you know, inviting me to your platform. Uh, hopefully we get to touch a life or two uh, throughout the next 45 minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 uh, I, I appreciate that, man. But uh, let me let me say in this forum, because it will exist, you know, in the Internet world and in perpetuity and on Spotify and Apple. And I don't know why I'm saying them because they don't pay me for advertising. But um, you created opportunities for me to really show, you know, what I had. You know, I mean, it, it was up to me to kind of perform and step up. But if it wasn't for you opening some of those doors, man, you know, this this platform wouldn't even exist. So let me thank you as well, you know, in this forum. You know, hey, you're the one that created those opportunities, though, for yourself. So uh, don't fool yourself, Rod Powell. Thank you. Appreciate that. So um, as we get started, man, because because I man, look, we 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 can we can just talk about each other this whole call and just say wonderful things, you know, on, on this entire conversation about each other. But, you know, for this platform, you know, we talk about the concepts of you should get a license, how the insurance industry, the financial services industry can really impact someone's lives. There's a lot of different paths, a lot of different places that you can go in this industry. What I'd like you to share, Lincoln Beringer, is, you know, what market segment have you really focused on throughout your career? And what is your role today in the industry? 
Yeah, so I think that we kind of got to go to a past, present, future on that question. So years ago, we're, we're talking 20 years ago, uh, I wanted to be a jack of all trades. I wanted to learn it all. I wanted to soak it in like a sponge. So really, it was a, a, a full money of everything, life and health and property and casualty. I even remember on the property casualty side, as a young cat, I spent $30,000. That was like a huge astronomical amount at the time. That was like $18 million to me, where I bought into a program where I could offer a lot of PNC uh, opportunities. Mm. And did very well there. And then where it gravitated over the years was actually the voluntary benefits, which is still very near and dear to my heart. And for 15 years of my life, really focused and dialed into voluntary benefits. Uh, currently, as you learn in the industry, the segments start changing, markets start changing. You start seeing what really could impact businesses or individuals' lives. And really, it's a, a, a very unique opportunity right now where I offer uh, some very interesting ideas that business owners have not seen. So I love individuals. I'm still on the business space that that offers uh, some products in a unique way. And uh, currently that that's what we do. Uh, we could talk hours on that right now, which maybe we'll get into. Yeah. However, uh, what, what you start learning as you become a professional in this industry is really what the need is. And then it becomes a passion, Rod. It's not part of, hey, I, I need to make a living. It's how can I make a bigger impact uh, with with having a license? That's right. Absolutely. It's like you, you you take the tools and you 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 essentially become an architect, you know, for businesses and helping them to to construct, you know, what they want to build, you know, what they want to see and what they want to achieve. And, and, and we have access to some knowledge and and information and education that can help them um, in that direction. One thing I want to touch on really quick, because you said voluntary benefits. And, and for some people who are listening to this platform, they're going to, when you say voluntary benefits, they're certainly going to understand what that is. For others, they're going to have voluntary benefits. going to say, what is that? What, what are, what are voluntary benefits exactly? Yep. So voluntary benefits, is, you know, I think Einstein said it best. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So voluntary benefits are, uh, it's a piece of the industry that pays above and beyond anything that major medical or health plans will not cover. Yes. That's what they are. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that, that could be life insurance. It could be hospital indemnity plans, cancer insurance, heart insurance, accident insurance. And there's a plethora more out there, but in a very simple statement, that's what they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you see, you know, when you see coverages, you know, a lot of times people think that, hey, you know, they have they heard their major medical that's in place. They might have their dental. They may have their vision. But the reality is, you know, the, the, those benefits aren't going to cover all of the expenses that they incur. So the voluntary benefits they would be able to get add on to those and then fill in any financial gaps that are present. Hey, look, I am an Ohio State fan, but when Nick Saban is out there <laughs> promoting for Aflac, it must be a pretty big deal, right? Right? It must be. It must <laughs> hey, be. go Bucks, though. Go Bucks. That's right. That's right. Because and, and you're an Ohio native, so I mean that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a natural thing. By the way, 
Um, I actually sidebarred a, a good friend of mine, industry colleague who I met living here in Richmond is a Buckeye and go. has and played for the Buckeyes and has a championship ring. Yeah. You know, that he wears. I'm like, good job, man. Good. I say, you know what? I know someone who you would really get along with, you know, thinking, thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> And you and I both know a bunch of Alabama fans, too. I, I know this is way off topic, but Ohio State is undefeated. Alabama's not doing too well this season. I'm just saying, you know, just well, by the, out there. I mean, hey, by the time this interview airs, that may have changed. I don't know. I'm not an Alabama guy, so I don't know, you know, but we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, look, so, you know, I want to delve more into kind of the evolution of your business and, 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 your, and your life as well. Um, but I want to take a minute and just kind of kind of step back. Because oftentimes when people are stepping into this industry, um, it, it's not, you know, the first thing that becomes top of mind. I want you to take me back. Take me back to like a nine-year-old, 10-year-old Lincoln Beringer. What were you dreaming about being when you grew up at that time? So what you may not want me to say, but I'm going to, is that before we even got into the recording side, of this uh, podcast here. You showed me some guitars in your background. I showed you some guitars in my background. I always wanted to be a, a musician playing in front of huge, huge uh, audiences where you feel that energy. And, you know, it's not about you, but it's about the crowd just getting into it and making them feel that emotion. And, you know, you it, it creates a vibe. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. what you're talking about. But that's what I wanted to do as a child. Now, I, I do want to ask a question because this could go off in a thousand different directions. Yeah. Uh, where do you want me to go from there? Because th in a short answer, I want I wanted to be uh, just a rock star. You know, I did. That, yeah. That's my short answer. That That's my nine-year-old self. So, you know, I, I think that you know, we, we, we certainly have those, those aspirations. And the reality is, I mean, look, you're, you're still a musician. You know, we, we played guitars together around campfires and, uh, and on stages as well. You know, we, we've, we've not even in America, right? Not I mean, even in America. We, we've played into, we can say that we've done international tours together. We can say that. Yes. Because we have played together internationally in two separate locations. <laughs> I would consider that touring. How about you? Uh, you know what? I've never thought of it like that. But yes, we have, my friend. Yes, we have. Absolutely. So let, let's 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 go here. So so that's still a part of part of your life. Um, take take me up to your journey because obviously you still play music, but that's not what you ended up doing. Uh, but you but you always had you know kind of an entrepreneurial spirit from my understanding. You know, and the things that I've known, we've had a lot of conversations. Uh, take take me kind of through your career journey and how you ended up you know, in this industry, in this space. No, you, you know, like, I, I love to have fun. I like to have fun conversation. Um, it, it really starts while I was still in my senior year of college. And I asked my dad one question. And I think that everybody, if they really dive deep into the most important questions you've ever asked somebody in your life, this is one of the most important questions I've ever asked. I asked my dad, Who's the most successful person that you know, because that's who I want to interview with. So I happen to be a senior in college. You could ask anybody that it doesn't need to be your dad, but I know in life, that was one of the most pivotal points, because if I would have not asked that question, I would not be where I'm at today. Mm. And he answered the question by saying, 
first person out of his mouth, Frederick Hightower. I said, well, who's Frederick Hightower? He said, well, Fred is a friend of mine. I've known him for decades now, and I could probably set you up for an interview. And that's what happened, Rod, is that during my senior year, I had this interview. I thought it was for this, uh, what what do you call it when you're not really working for money, but yeah. You know, you you were what's that called? An internship. internship. That, that, look, I'm not that smart, so all you guys sure. can have a bunch <laughs> of success. I couldn't even figure out the word. So I thought it was for this internship, and then maybe a career after that. And Fred Hightower had owned a farm. He had a uh, a, a horse that he named Alangeloris Tremor, which, which was off of one of the uh, Kentucky Derby horse's name Big Brown. It was a descendant of Big Brown. And, you know, he showed me a bunch of things. So I'm kind of fast forwarding a few months from from the story. But uh, he had a huge insurance career in the voluntary benefits that I explained earlier. He had kids that he had supported. And, you know, we, we don't need to talk about the kids, but I saw from a very young age, still a senior in college, that he had supported their kids in producing movies, opening up mortgage companies, opening up insurance brokerages down in Columbus, Ohio. And I knew, I was like, wow, how does one man create so much? So I get an interview. I thought it was an interview. I show up in Youngstown, Ohio on Midlothian and I walk into, he had purchased an old bank. So I walk into this bank and it's all Eddie Bowered up. The furniture's pristine. Everything's clean as could be. And I walk down this little hallway to the receptionist area. And there, Mr. Hightower is standing. And even though, look, I, I, I got to know Mr. Hightower very, very well. But he did have a huge oil painting of himself that had to be four foot by six foot tall. Beautiful oil painting behind the receptionist area. And I had not met him, but I'd heard a lot of stories about this man from my dad. And very first question he asked me, Rod, he said, do you want to make a lot of money? He did. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Let me back up 10 seconds. He said, you must be Mr. Beringer's son. And I mm -hmm. said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, you must want to make a lot of money then. You want to make a lot of money? And I said, Mr. Hightower. I, I was a state wrestler in high school. I wrestled in college for a little while. I did all these things. You know, I said, I'll work hard. I'd never need to sleep. I'll sleep when I die. You know, that'll give me enough sleep. I probably made a fool of myself is what happened. And he said, do you really want to make a lot of money? And I said, Mr. Hightower, you've never met anybody like me. Let me just hold on to your coat. I mean, I know this is going to sound silly, especially if this actually is not edited, but it's true. I mean, <laughs> this is the story that happened. Yeah. And I probably made a fool of myself. And he goes, you really want to make a lot of money, huh? And he goes, stop thinking about the money and start focusing on the client. He goes, if you start focusing on the client, you're going to wake up one day and what's going to happen is that your rent's going to be paid or your mortgage is going to be paid. He said, your cars are going to be paid for. He said, including that, every 
other item that you've ever thought of in your mind. All those toys, they're all going to be taken care of if you focus in on the client. He said, more importantly than any of that, he said, what if you could wake up one day and a friend is in need and it can be you that steps up to the table? What if it's a family member mm. and you can step up to the table and say, you know what? I can help you out. I don't want anything in return. I just want to help you out. If there is a church or a philanthropy that's in need and it can be you that is the one that fulfills that need, that is when I got sold on why you should get a license. That's wow. when I got sold on the insurance industry because what I learned not that day, but years after that was when I had an opportunity to say, Fred, and I eventually got to call him Fred, by the way, it was Mr. Hightower <laughs> for the first three or six months. But after I got to know him, it was one of those stories where, Fred, what, 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 is, what, what does this mean? What's renewal income? He started to talk about that. And he said, well, Lincoln, there's only a certain amount of industries where you can do something one time and get paid on it year after year after year after year. And I did want to be a singer. I brought that up earlier, right? But I knew but that there is publishing. Point. There is music publishing. Hey, you, 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 maybe that's what I should have gotten into. Because you've heard me sing before. I can maybe harmonize with you, my friend. But that was never going to happen, right? So long and the short is that I understood that if you do something one time and you can keep getting paid on it, not only is that important for the people listening right now, what about the legacy that you can leave behind? Mm -hmm. What about the legacy that you can leave behind? Absolutely. That's the important piece of this. I want to show a picture. I actually grabbed a couple of things. Obviously, I knew I was having this call with you. Absolutely. So in my office, I only have a few people. Now, Rod, I'm sorry, man. I don't have a picture of you in my office. Maybe I should. Maybe what? I, should. I, I, know. I have a picture of you oh, in my you know office. What? You know what? That's on this that, wall right here. That's incorrect. I do have, I, I could show you if you want. I, I, mean, <laughs> I do have it down here. I do have a picture, okay. but there's certain pictures that I keep out. Yeah. It's the reminders of where I began at. Does that make sense? Like where, Absolutely. how did, how did the story begin? It's right here. So that's my dad and that's Fred Hightower. Mm. They were good buddies. Fred Hightower. I would not be talking to, I mean, think about that. I wouldn't be talking to you today. If it wasn't for the man in that picture right there, I think about that every day because he's in front of my face every single day that I come in and I thank him. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. He taught me things that, that I would have ever, never, ever known. So you asked about the evolution, right? Yeah. So that's where, that's where it kind of started at. And I'll expound on that for a moment. I didn't know what I was doing in the industry, but I will mention this and you know, I like to give tips on what I would offer to anybody even entertaining getting a license. And I don't want to skip ahead, but I think this is an important piece here to even mention early. There's two types of people in our industry. There's those that will personally produce that want to meet with the clients. And I, I admire that greatly. And then there's those that want to be team builders, that want to grow an organization, that want to grow an agency, right? Absolutely. So. I've seen people try to do both very unsuccessfully. I've never met somebody that can do both incredibly, incredibly well, and they're admired on both sides of the fence, right? I've never seen that. I've been in the industry a long time. You have too. 
there's two types of people. So you, you got to choose what you're going to do. You, you got to choose if you're going to be a personal producer or are you going to grow an, uh, an agency? You're going to grow a broker. You're going to grow a team. I think you do have to choose because both are successful paths. But the reason I mention that now is I started to recruit my college buddies, my, my high school buddies. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was getting overrides six months in to Mr. Hightower, very, very gracefully giving me an opportunity to work with him side by side. What I did not know is that Mr. Hightower is pretty old at that time. And he was at the end of his career. He did not want to take anything on. He didn't need to take anything on. But for whatever reason, he decided to take me on. And then it became a pretty interesting thing because I filled his office of three up with 10 and then 12 and then 15. But he knew I wasn't happy, Rod. So this is where the, the this gets a little bit off the you should get a license platform. Yeah. He said, what do you really want to do? But here's what's important about the next piece of the story. If it wasn't for getting a license, I would never have the next piece of my story. Absolutely. And that is what it's all about. He said, Lincoln, and this is after I got to know him quite well. He said, what do you really want to do? Because, and that was another very important question that somebody asked me. So I asked my dad, who's the most successful person you know, that's who I want to interview. That has integrity. You know, I, I want all that too, but... Second most important question that was asked to me was, what do you really want to do? I think it's a very profound question that if any of your listeners have not pondered that, not just heard that and said, hey, I, like the, the answer to that question is not, I want to make a lot of money. By the way, money's not going to make you happy, by the way. Right. And the, the, the answer was very interesting. So I said, Fred, I, I, I want to own a college bar. That's what I wanted to do. Like that's at that moment, that's what was on my heart. So Fred Hightower, you asked me what the story is. You said 45 minutes might not be enough and maybe it's not, but, but here we go. So Fred took me to a bank. I had not much money in my pocket and he took me to the bank. I got denied for a loan to open up a bar that was for sale at Kent State University and went to another bank with Fred because he knew all the bankers in town. I got denied. Rod, I went to a third bank. I got denied again. And I said, Fred, I'm doing okay with insurance right now. I've got this, you know, kind of buddy network, which I didn't know was my team, by the way. I didn't understand that at the time. That was my team. I was getting paid off of them but we were just all buddies. I didn't have the mentality of I'm leading these people. I was just having them join the party. We are just having a good time. We were just having a good time. Took me to a fourth bank. I'm like, Fred, I'm getting beat up. I feel, I know I don't have much. I don't have anything. All right. I don't have any assets. I, you know, I, I don't have much right now. They're not going to loan me the money to buy this bar. And he's like, I want to show you how money works. Go to another bank with me. Finally, we went to Key Bank in Youngstown, Ohio. Fred was always there with me at my side and said, hey, I just want to introduce you to the bankers that I know. They ended up loaning me $30,000, Rod. I thought, I, I thought that $30,000 was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. I had to put $25,000 down. I had $5,000 in the bank after I bought this. I mean, you, you ever heard of a dive bar? This was a yeah. dive bar. Yeah. And it happened to be a music venue, which 
is why I wanted to buy it. So my focus kind of got torn away from insurance, but not totally. It was always going down or go, going on in the background, always, never stopped, never stopped. But purchased a bar, happened to do really, really well. I don't think this is the platform to explain why that worked really well. But it's a college town. It's a bar. College town. Right. It's a bar. <laughs> I knew a lot of people at Kent State University. Yeah. And, and you had the happening spot out there. Let's Let's just put it out there. What I will say is when you know the cheerleaders and the dance team and the football players, the wrestlers, some fraternity, some, you get them coming, everybody comes. So it worked out pretty well. I got a little cocky, which was not smart, by the way. And I bought a very large fine dining restaurant. Happens to be one of the pictures that right. I brought here as well. So it was right on a lake. I had 22 dock slips. Nice. Uh, I had a little tower up top, uh, fine dining restaurant on the main level, and then had, a, during the summer, 110 W-2 employees at that place. Still had a little insurance going on in the background, had people meeting me at the restaurant there, never left that. And I think for even the successful people that may have gotten away from the industry, and hopefully there's a couple that listen to this interview, never let go of the license. You never know what's going to happen. It's so valuable. Anyways, uh, had that, built and sold it, had some really uh, big trials and tribulations there, ended up buying and selling a few other restaurants. And then what? So you have to analyze what's going on. So after I sold the fine dining restaurant, I kind of missed that team atmosphere yeah. that I had as, I, what, what do we call it? The party, we were just having a good time, right? Yeah. I, mi I missed that. I started to rebuild, start up another agency, and then uh, ended up merging a book of business of mine, uh, which happened to be uh, Fred Hightower's book of business with a larger conglomerate. And it was probably some of the, the most fun I've had in the insurance industry. I mean, you mentioned a story early on where it even took us outside of the country, you yeah. know, having a good time in other countries. I mean, people might hear that right now and be like, really? Yeah. But yeah I mean, all of that happened. And I, I'm so grateful and thankful to all of those people. I'm sure that you are as well. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what What a great experience that was. So currently- Can I hop in real quick, real quick? Yeah, I want to I, go back because, you know, when we, you know, we're talking about, you know, getting the license and kind of the platforms that it creates and the and the- I think, but more importantly, like the experiences that you have and the lessons that are learned. So the 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 license kind of introduced you, you know, to an opportunity. With that opportunity, you got some 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 professional development, some personal development. Were able to expand your entrepreneurial endeavors to the bar, then over to the restaurant. You breezed over this, and I don't want you don't have to get into detail, but you but I've heard this story before about the restaurant and. There was something that was said to you that I always kept that 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 I've even said said to other people, <laughs> you know. I know what you're. I, I know where you're going. All right, but but finish, and then I think I know what you're talking about. I might yeah. not be right, but I think I know where you're going. There was something that 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 was said to you um, that that I've held on. I've I, I have uh, I have several Lincolnisms, you know, that I I've carried on. And um, if you don't mind, I, I'd love for you to kind of kind of share that. Like I said, you don't have to get into the specifics of it, but 
just what the lesson was in that and, and what was the thing that was said to you that caused you to start to kind of pivot and, and take some other approaches to yeah. it. Yeah, look, look, you know what's so strange? I got chills down my back when you brought that up because I've actually, I used to tell that story a lot. I've not told this story in quite quite some time, years and years. I remember the story. I think I remember the story you're talking about. The story was uh, another mentor of mine came up to me at the restaurant and said, how much, and it was in the insurance industry, by the way, how much are you going to make at the Old Harbor Inn, this beautiful place? I'm, I'm going to show it again, right? Just because I was, <laughs> I, I love this place, you know? And if we get a digital copy, we'll have it on the screen too, when we have this on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, so said, how much are you going to make next year off of all the work that you did all that blood, sweat, and tear. And Rod, I think this is important. I had no children at the time. It was my beautiful wife and myself. She helped out at the restaurant a little bit, but had another career outside of the restaurant. And we worked our tails. I was the first one there at 9 a.m. in the morning. I know that doesn't sound early, but when you close at 2.30 a.m. and get home at 4 a.m. and then you're there every morning, I had about four or five hours of sleep every day. It was it, it was not not a job. It's not a career. It is a lifestyle yeah. that I was living. I slept four or five hours it, it, most every night, and I loved it. By the way, I did. I really did. I loved it. But to your point, somebody came up and said, "How much are are, are you going to make for your household next year off of all that hard work you did at the harbor the year before?" And, and I had to pause and kind of think about it. I'm like, all right, well, how much am I going to make? And I, I remember asking them, how, how much am I going to make off of the restaurant next year for what I'm doing now? I said, that doesn't even make sense. You know, I still got to sell lobster tails and fillets and, <laughs> you know, some, you know, co co quite a few uh, pina coladas next year to make the same amount I did the year before. And they said, that's why you need to get back in the insurance industry. I was still making, and, and quite frankly, I, I didn't realize that I had this trail of money still coming in and it wasn't a ton, but I still had money coming in from what I did when I was just graduating college at the time. And that's why I said, you know what? All right, it's time to rethink yeah. what, what, what my insurance license has actually done for me. And, and it did. It really hit me. Is that I don't know if that's the story you were talking uh, about. That was a part of it, but but also when the guy told you that, you know, you said he said uh, you can get mad or you can get better. Oh no, I remember that. So yeah. at that beautiful place, I almost lost everything. Like this, this is not just all you know, sugar plums and candy canes right now, and yeah. you know, beautiful. This is real. This is real talk. You know, people. You know, we get the we get all of the good of the industry in the recruiting room which is why I started this platform because I want to hear the real experiences yeah. that we go through in this business. Hey, well, well, the real experience and I'll, I'll make this brief because I know I've elongated way too much already. <laughs> the first year that I bought that beautiful place, I had a cash cow going at my college bar. I still had that at the time too. I had to sell my cash cow to keep the cash drainer <laughs> going because I had too much vested there. I almost lost everything. I was 
literally, it, this is not an expression. I was literally pulling my hair out because I was $1.6 million in debt and mm. I was 25, 26, maybe 27, almost years old. And people feel bad when they can't pay their, you know, $23 phone bill or maybe $80 phone bill, whatever it is. I was $1.6 million in debt and sinking quickly. That's when that conversation happened, Rod. It was the landlord of that establishment that came in and said, let's sit down because he liked me. But I was I was past due on rent, Rod. <laughs> I was. Yeah. And rent there, including the business payment, was about twenty-five thousand, not twenty-five hundred, twenty-five thousand dollars per month. Wow. So that's when he said what you just said, which I know we're kind of repeating ourselves now, but that's when the lesson was learned on you can get mad or you can get better because I gave him all these excuses. You know, the past owner did this and didn't tell me about this $130,000 expenditure, which was true. The grinder pump for the whole pump and sewage station completely went down. That was about a $200,000 extra. Like there was things that just happened and that's business, baby. It's that's messy. It. It's messy and you can get mad or you can get better. And, and I think that I, I'm so thankful you brought that up. Because even though I didn't catch on to that, that's what you wanted me to, you know, comment on. What what an important lesson. Because that's so true to all the viewers. You can get mad or you can get better. Get better. That's so, it. Um, I think that the the reason I wanted you to to speak to that, and you know what? It, it's actually a a perfect kind of transition into, hey, what is your insurance business doing? And let's kind of let's kind of you know capitalize and, and optimize that you know, some more as well, because sometimes, you know, people see, they see success in a uh, very uh, two-dimensional fashion, right? And you look and you see someone who you perceive things are a certain way and, and you, you never know, you know, kind of how things are being maneuvered, but, you know, success isn't the thing. The success is the journey. It's the mindset. It's what, allows you to continue to move forward. So, you know, I, I'm glad that you actually talked about the insurance, how say, hey, look, how, let me look at this insurance business because I still have this. And, and the reality is just like music, hey, a musician has to go on tour every year. Nobody's buying music nowadays. The musician has to go on tour every year. You got to go try to get those same gigs that there's other new talent coming in for and trying to take those slots. Whereas, as you mentioned, once you're in this industry, you have that license. One, you can you can always go and find an opportunity. But as you're building that passive income through those renewals, through those trails, you know, that's money that's always going to be coming in as well that you can always look to and say, man, I did that work. I mean, you're 23 years in the business now. You know, I did this work 20 years ago. You're still receiving renewals from stuff from way back then. You know, Thank so you. I think it, that made me feel much better about how many. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, re it really is amazing. So so yeah, let, let's kind of transition. You know, into to the to the shift. Um, you start you started working with this company. You know that that's where where we met. You left Ohio. You left Ohio. I don't want to like tell tell the whole story, but I love where you talk about 
you know, kind of kind of leaving Ohio. Obviously, we met. We don't have to talk about we met, and this is this is about you. But we got to meet when you came to Virginia, and uh, and, and your and your family, because you mentioned Lynn, and 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 you got the kids. You know, so so t tell me about the next the the next chapter in in Lincoln Berger's journey. Yeah, so so it's all about timing. Um, I just sold not just the fine dining restaurant. Got back into insurance, started uh, an agency was still buying and selling some bars and restaurants. One I fully own, and then I sold that off. It was called The Barn, B-A-R apostrophe N. Had a mechanical bull. You would have done beautifully on that bull, by the way. <laughs> you would have probably lasted about one second. I'm just saying it was, it, it was a rough rider. I've never ridden a bull. And, uh, well. I did we, do horses in Mexico. We, you know. But, yeah. yeah. That, that <laughs> sounds like a story we need to talk about. I didn't know <laughs> right. that. How long did you last on the horse? Oh man, miles. It was Oh, wow. All good. right. Yeah. All right. So it was a smooth ride. Yeah, crash was a little sore afterwards, but it's okay, you know. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, I've not done that one. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. All right. So it, it anyways, timing is very interesting. My agency started to grow and then uh bumped into a larger conglomerate. It it quite frankly was just a competitor of mine and we were at a tipping point. Do we keep competing or do we join? And I don't love that phrase. If you can't beat them, join them. But it came to mind right now. Yeah. I, I had to decide, do I want to fight or do I want to join forces? For me, whenever I entertain something like that, it has to do with the people that I'm going to join forces with, right? Are these good people? I met some of the most honest incredible folks that were a competitor of mine and you know them we we've, yeah. we we worked for for many many moons together and i still love them so i don't know if any of them will ever watch this but i hope they do because i have so much love and respect for uh especially the leadership there and, yeah. and it was wonderful 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 years what what happened was that we started to grow they gave me a little bit more territory in ohio and that moved me down to Virginia. So the timing was perfect because I was in a transition between, Rod, even when I moved to Virginia, when you met me, I had a hard time saying I, I wasn't a restauranteur and a real estate investor. I mean, it, it was hard for me to not talk about that because yeah. in my head still, I was still a restaurateur and a real estate investor. And I had to switch gears yeah. on who you are right but but i've learned a lot about that you're whoever you are at, at, at that moment you got to be the professional and when i moved down to virginia i had a newborn uh she had just turned one when we moved down here and a three-year-old and uh we're offering the voluntary benefits. We're building teams, had a blast doing it, had some of the most remarkable people. Some of some of those most remarkable people didn't even live in Virginia, but they yeah. I, I inherited them on the team. That's where I met you and a bunch of other folks that I still talk to today. And then something interesting happened. I moved down here for a business opportunity and a maneuver to get away, because by the way, Rod, I'm just calling it what it is, the restaurant lifestyle, you meet people. Yeah. <laughs> and you are exactly who you hang out with 
and the books you read, right? Or yes. maybe you listen to now. That's an old one, but for the listeners, you are going to be exactly who you hang out with and exactly what you listen to. That's why people should listen to your podcast, by the way. Absolutely. They'll become millionaires. And and they should read my books too. Yeah, And they should read your books (laughs) twice. So anyways, I moved down here for a, for number one, to get away from that lifestyle because it was much different (laughs) than the insurance industry. And I feel very blessed to lead an incredible team down here. Uh, We, we, exponentially grew, but then something happened, Rod, and it it became, all right, I got to provide for my family to a different passion. And in 2013, September, it happened to be on my wife's birthday on the 29th of 2013. uh, Something interesting happened. I was out in Dickinson County, about two hours away from my house. And I get a call from my wife and my wife and I have a beautiful relationship. When I'm working though, she usually doesn't call. She knows I'm in my zone and she called me and she was crying and she does not cry. She doesn't. It just, I, 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 yeah, I just not seen it very much. And maybe that's because I'm such a wonderful, no, (laughs) no, that's not it. She's just not a crier. So what happened was she said, Hey, I'm at the doctor's office. I just found out I'm pregnant. And I said, Lynn, that's incredible. You know, why in the world? Like, what, what are you crying for? I, you know, what's going on? And she said, well, the doctors think that I have cancer as well. Mm. And Rod, indeed she did. And you know this story, but your viewers do not. When a woman is pregnant, that's emotional finding out and then having cancer uh, and she did, that's a lot to take in in one day. Now, I could talk about this for a long time right now, but I will abridge the story where Lynn had one of the most treatable forms of cancer. Now, for the viewers out there, one of the voluntary benefits is cancer insurance. And it, it is one of the most needed because what healthcare does not cover, including Medicare, by the way, for those that are over six, it, cancer is one of the most expensive things that can ever happen to any family. And everybody's heard of it. And you never think it's going to happen to you. But when it does, especially in our circumstance, uh, not only is it a shock, but it's very costly. She had one of the most form, uh, uh, treatable forms of cancer and pregnant some doctors were saying, don't do anything until you have the baby, but it might harm the baby. Uh, it might not harm the baby. Maybe take chemo. Don't take chemo. Our local doctors didn't know. So we had to travel out of state to get some more advice, some more wisdom. My wife ended up going on chemotherapy while she was pregnant, potentially harming the baby. And that was grueling. So for any lady listeners right now imagine being pregnant going through all that which i i don't understand but man do i respect and honor and worship everything that goes through that experience having to go through chemotherapy during that as well very grueling dominic was born she couldn't get a pet scan rod because they that there's too much radiation during a pet scan for a baby and 
Dominic was born February 14th of 2014. Beautiful baby, full head of hair. And here's Lynn with no hair because she's been on chemotherapy. And the way that a woman can protect the baby during that time frame is just amazing with a full head of hair. Mm. And Dominic was born time for a PET scan. Doctor came and said, uh, after the PET scan, two days later, uh, unfortunately, the cancer's laughing at all of the chemotherapy. It's spreading and the chemotherapy hasn't done anything. So I tell you this story because it's just the beginning of the story. She fought a nine-year cancer battle. And for respect to your podcast, I'm going to fast forward nine years. Nine years she fought this. Chemotherapy, transplants. For the first year and a half of my son's life, Lynn and I don't know anything about, I, this sounds horrible. It's my son. It's her son. It's our son. We, we weren't around. You knew me during this time. I was still traveling. I was yeah. either traveling because of insurance because somebody had to still put bread on the table or I was traveling around the country trying to save my wife's life. And the most important thing, I want to, I want to digress for a moment. If it was not for the insurance industry with monetary funds coming in from what I had done from years past, it would have been much more difficult. Hmm. Let's go back to that Fred Hightower story. This incredible, incredible man right there. But wasn't for him sharing that one dream saying one day you could wake up and have your house paid for your cars paid for have a second house give money to whomever you wanted to if he didn't sell me that dream i don't know if i would have even stuck with it man i don't but because of that i was able to take and man <laughs> i just got another chill down my spine because i had so many great people so many great people. And by the way, you being one of them that helped through that time frame, going through that and still keeping business running during a very difficult time. Every doctor that we went to said, you're not going to make it. You can try this. You can try that. The odds are 10%, 15%, maybe a 12 month survival if you do this or that. Rod, we got to the point, Lynn and I, with her cancer battle, where we would call doctors up and they're like, why in the world are you calling us? You've already been the best doctors in the nation. In the nation, you've been to the best doctors. There's nothing more, what, what do you wanna come see us for? There's nothing we can do. We were at Sloan Kettering, finally got an appointment up there. I'm sure that many of the, the viewers have heard about Sloan. We were excited, went up towards the, the New York area, had uh, tickets to the Lion King uh, that we purchased on the way up. Happened to be her birthday weekend again when we were going up to Sloan. And man, they finally, they, they knew of her history, but they were going to see her because they were going to be big help. We went there. I remember the doctor's name. I remember going through what he said to us in that room for about an hour. My wife had to go to the bathroom right after. Maybe she cried in that room and I didn't see it instead of going to the bathroom because that doctor said, get your wife home and spend as much time as you can with your kids. She may not make it till Christmas. That was September 29th of 2014. We knew we were in a big, serious issue right there. 
And on the way home, the first couple hours were were awful, very, very silent. And then uh, she looked on, she said, you know what? She kind of snapped out of it. And she said, I'm going to look up trials online. I said, I'm with you. Let, let's do that. So we're driving down 81 in Virginia. She's looking up trials and she goes, this is the one I want to do. The problem with trials is that if you try to get on a trial during cancer and you've been through all of these treatments already, they do not accept you. We went back to our local oncologist in Roanoke, Virginia, opened up a compassionate care trial for one. Luckily, out of the thousands of trials, the one that she picked was responsive. We then did more due diligence on who created the trial, went up to Columbia University, back to New York, not Sloan, nothing against Sloan, but we'll never be back there, went up to Columbia, and uh, this foul-mouthed New Yorkian doctor, man, he was right out of like Seinfeld or something, uh, F word, every other word out of his mouth, and said, how are you on this trial? Brought all of his nurses in because he had never seen this before. Hmm. The only words I wanted to hear, and I'll end with this, is that he would help save her life. No other doctor said that. Other doctors said, yeah, she's got 10 or 15%. And I'm being a little bit Pollyannish here, but they said, not a great chance of survival. This is the first guy that said, I'm going to help save your wife's life. We're going to do it. We had to surrender to him, but we found him. And nine years passed. She hmm. is now cancer-free. Dominic is doing amazing. Yeah. I'm coaching his baseball team, like I mentioned. She just got uh, a, uh, she's now a published author in Chicken Soup for the Soul, the most recent version. Uh, it's called uh, Miracles and the Unexplainable. So my wife is in there, uh, which was a huge stepping stone for her. And uh, the reason I tell that kind of long story, because there's no short way to say it, and I left out a lot of details, is that no matter what part of the industry you're in, if you have a license, my mind thinks simply, if there's a problem and you have a solution to that problem, maybe you should pay attention to that. Maybe you should get a license and offer cancer insurance. Because I will tell you, we, we were in a pretty good position, but it would have definitely been a, much harder if we did not have cancer insurance. You know, and this is not a plug for cancer insurance. This is a factual story that happened that involves products that if you have a license, you can help protect somebody during a very, very, very difficult time where the bills start adding up because major medical certainly does not cover things after you go to two or three doctors and you still want to save somebody's life. They stop paying. They don't even pay for PET scans, right? They didn't pay for so much. If I told your viewers what we had to pay, which is in the six figures with a comma in it, and it's not a one, how do you afford that? I mean, you can't. To save a life, to save a mother, to save you know, uh, a wife and a sister and a daughter, you know, and this is my life. I, I'm getting a little emotional here and I'm not going to let it turn into that, but this is real stuff. And you can be a solution to these problems. Our industry is very, very meaningful. I, I, I will say one thing, and I, I, I know that I told a longer story there, but 
but but it's my life, man. You asked about it. I'm going to tell you. If you get into this industry or you're in the industry, or even if you've been in the industry for years, stop, stop trying to get something. If you come from a position of giving instead of getting, that's when your that's when your your success is going to be astronomical. Even if right now you can't pay your bills, which hopefully all of you can that are listening, but let's say you can't. Let's say it is paycheck to paycheck, month to month. You're thinking about, stop thinking about that. I know that's a simple thought, Rod, but it's so important. Stop thinking about that. How can you give? If you come from a position of giving, you will get. If you have to get, and that's what your mindset is, you will never, ever get what you want because you're coming from a position of lack in the mind. You have to come from a position of giving, not getting. I went off on a tangent, yeah. but I, I hope it's valuable. I, I love it. I love it, man. You know, one, one of the other, you know, Lincolnisms is a uh, love, serve, care. You know, I, I remember that from a lot of our, our meetings and, and gatherings, you know, that we had. Um, I do want to, I do want to mention because if, you know, it, it, it is a, it really is an amazing story. Um, uh, just the journey with, with your family and Lynn and, and Dominique. And, and, and I remember, I, I remember that time frame, you know, very well you know, and, uh, and, and, and some of the, the aftermath too, um, you, you did a film about it. You did produce a film about it. So I want to make sure that, you know, we talk a little bit about just, just where, you know, folks can, can see that film and, and kind of hear that whole story because it was, I watched the film, by the way, very inspiring. Um, it, it was, it was moving. It was touching, man. Yep. So the doctor that helped us out, uh, his name is Dr. Fentel, locally here in Little Roanoke, Virginia. And the reason I mention him is that he is in charge of what's called the uh, Carillion Clinic Foundation. And I want to start with that because think about what Fred Hightower planted a seed in my mind, because it always starts with a seed. Thoughts do become things. Thoughts become things. I didn't invent that. You guys have heard that before. But people forget about thoughts become th what he planted in my head was what if you could give back? So my wife and I, with every proceed we get still today from every book that is sold, we get an opportunity, including the film proceeds, goes to the Korean Clinic Foundation. We're involved with a hundred million dollar. Uh, cancer oncology renovation of the largest employer of Roanoke right now, which has been very, very satisfying. It's so fulfilling. Yeah, We're not getting any money from this. We're giving it. And it is the most incredible feeling when you can give. Now, the reason I answer your question like that is because both film and book proceeds 100% go to help building this $100 million project. The reason that that's near and dear to our heart is I had to miss a year and a half of my son's life traveling with Lynn, having her get a transplant up in New York Presbyterian. What if we could have stayed here? Yeah. What if we could have stayed local? Yeah. What if the trials, we didn't have to go around the entire country to figure out a trial, but we could be here at home. We, we, we could have 
really connected a lot during that very important first year or two of our son's life. So to answer your question, uh, we have a website. My wife has a website. It's savingtwolives.com or as my oldest daughter would say, saving TW olives, because it spells the same thing, by the way, saving two lives, say, you know, saving <laughs> anyways, saving two lives.com yeah. on there. You'll see a documentary that uh, we produce with an, an, an amazing producer. Uh, we spent about 13, 14 months building that. We just now have a uh, two-minute trailer that we've not released yet because really this is fresh off the farm. We just got done with this documentary. Rod, even you said you saw it. We've not even marketed it yet because we were still tweaking a couple of things out. So you saw kind of an early stage. We added a couple of things. We still may add one more item. So I appreciate that you watched it and, and hopefully it can touch some lives. That's what life is about. If you ask any of my kids, Rod, and it has to do with insurance industry too, what our family mantra is, it's changing lives for the positive. If we can change, if you can change one life for the positive, you do an I. You know, some people don't do that for one person. What you do with this podcast, you've already changed a gazillion lives, Rod, and the listeners right now need to know that this can be a part of it. It all started with getting a license, man. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. But savingtwolives.com, uh, the documentary's on there right now. Uh, it, it will be updated uh, in about two, three weeks because we're adding another piece to it. But, you know, share that story, pass it along, and uh, anything that comes from it uh, goes to saving other people's lives here locally in, in Virginia. What What an awesome what an awesome story. I mean, you know, it's a st starting from, from, I would say the term from, from tragedy to triumph, you know, I think is, is really appropriate kind of, kind of taking that situation and turning it into an opportunity to really, you know, change some lives for the positive impact some people for the positive. I, I want to, as we start to kind of turn the corner, man, I, I mean, it was very important for us to, to talk about that, that piece of your life, because it is a part of the journey. And it was, I, I, you know, it's kind of ironic how it kind of tied into your career as well. You know, I thought, um, even though it's like not about your not about the business of the career at all, but it just kind of tied into it. I mean, you know, all things in divine order, you know, it's like, wow, you know, but um, talk, talk to me like like now, you know, I kind of feel get a sense of, of, of what your motivation is and, and, and where you are. Where where is Lincoln Berenger at now? Like what's What's the focus and, and, and what's the evolution of, of you as an entrepreneur, as you as a, a business person and, and with Rhino Finn Marketing? What, where are you at now? What are you, what are you helping folks with now? Yep. Well, uh, Rod, I am a professional rock star now, so I finally get to fulfill my dreams <laughs> out on that. Uh, no. So I, I still do a little bit of that. I, I wish that was the, the end of the story here, <laughs> the end of the podcast, but it's not. But I, I, I still do play out every once in a while. Um, we found a value add back in 2021. A dear friend of mine gave me a call. And even though I had a huge book of not just insurance, but uh, insurance clients, but more importantly, influential individuals throughout the nation, uh, I had a call that said, hey, uh, 
Lincoln, I know that you own a company and also you have some influence throughout the country. Our CPA firm is trying to go national right now with what's called the employee retention tax credit. And I didn't actually, he didn't say that. He said ERC. And I said, Damon, I don't even know what ERC stands for. So I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea anything about this, but I surround myself with smarter people other than myself, which by the way, that's another key to my success. If anybody wants to hear a key to your success, surround yourself with people smarter than you. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's such a key thing. Henry Ford was up on a stand in a courtroom and getting drilled by an attorney. And finally, Henry Ford, who happened to be quite a humble man, by the way, if you know his story, finally got a little bit perturbed by this attorney drilling him. And he goes, I don't need to know the answer to your question. I can press a button and make sure that I have somebody that has an answer to that question that you have. I don't need to know that about my industry because I have people that have the answer to that question that knows it much better than you do. And that is a huge philosophy. So it's, if you go to the Bible, it's King Solomon, right? You got to seek wisdom. So that's what I did, Rod, is that I went and I seeked wisdom from my CPA team, my attorney team, which even though I'm in Virginia, they're still up in Ohio. I now have a team in Virginia as well. But I asked them about this. The very first thing my CPA said about this employee retention tax credit is that not many people are going to qualify. They had to show a huge decrease in what, what's called revenue uh, from 2020 and 2021 versus. Anyways, long and short, the reason I, I tell this piece of the story is it's important. He called me back seven days later with my attorney on the line and said, Lincoln, I've known you for 25 years now, and you finally got something right. And you got to understand, Ed Schigiano is 80 years old. He's been a CPA since Moby Dick's been a guppy. I'm telling you, he's been doing it a long time. And he said, you actually can help quite a few people out. Mm. So I started to do this as a value add. And then I saw that, number one, people needed educated in another sector. And what ended up happening was that the government, I found out, was going to do whatever they wanted to with this money that was in this bucket. And that if I didn't educate all of America or as many business owners that I could get to, that they could take advantage of this. Not everybody's going to qualify, by the way, but those that would should Mm -hmm. at least find out if you qualify or not. That's when it became a passion because the government puts funds into things that you don't believe in, that I don't believe in, that your listeners don't believe in. And I knew that our churches, that our ministries, that the philanthropic organizations, the associations, and even the for-profit companies, if we could put this money back in our communities, that would be a really noble thing. Absolutely. Not to bring up a child's name of yours. But what a great thing. Very noble thing. Long and the short is that it really took off. And then I came to a crossroads of having to focus in on making even a bigger impact on this planet than what I was doing. What, what a tough thing. And for the listeners, and I hope they grasp this, it is the hardest thing to go from good to great. And I'm stealing a title of the book. I forget who wrote that book. 
but that's yeah. the predicament I was in. I, I was in a really good position and then you want to go to great, you know, it, it's a tough one, but I will tell you that people get comfortable and the most vulnerable spot that any entrepreneur will ever be in is when they get comfortable. It's the most vulnerable spot. So I had to give up really good. I didn't even call it great, by the way. I had to give up great to go to, let's try to change a bunch of people's lives for the positive. And that's where I'm at. The question was, where am I at now? However, <laughs> uh, obviously, you know me. We, we've already got um, a, a model in place. So company that I opened up a couple of years ago is called Rhino Fin Consulting. You mentioned that the very introduction of this call. Uh, what we do is we're not 3M. Uh, we're we're kind of like 3M. They don't make the product. They make it better. We yeah. make small, mid, and large size businesses better where we offer insurance products uh, and a, a lot of ideas that they've not seen before better. We've got thousands and thousands of clients who are helping them out in so many different ways. And uh, we're, we're, we're a force right now. And I, I would be remiss to say that I'm that smart rod to create all this. I do give all glory up, man. I, I give all glory up because it has been a uh, an incredible ride. And even when it went from great to really, really great, that's when it doesn't matter how great it gets. It's really about impacting human beings and, and the industry that you guys are in. I'm right back in the insurance industry. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it, the, the wealth management piece of it. And whenever you know that you're making it a huge impact, man, it, it feels so darn good. It just does. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a mission over money focus, you know, and uh, being focused on the mission. I mean, the, the money is going to come. And I think that, you know, what 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 you shared from early in your career, that's something that I've carried, you know, throughout my my time in this industry, you know, not even really thinking about, you know, the, the money, but just thinking about, you know, how to add value. And uh, it's I've, I've seen that I've seen that return. So what you're saying is is 100 percent, 100 percent correct. Um Last question that I, that I have for you, 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 you kind of gave some, some guidance to uh, you gave some guidance, you know, earlier to someone who is, who is new or who's coming into the industry. Um, what's, what's the goal now? You know, what, where, where does, what's the end, end goal? What, what's the big vision for Lincoln Beringer? You know, uh, we, we have talked about a few things. And we've talked about exponential growth and so many different items. It, I had a conversation earlier today, and really it is a mindset. You know, somebody that makes 100,000 didn't stop at 50. Somebody that makes 250 didn't stop at 100. Somebody that makes 500 didn't stop at 250. Somebody that makes a million didn't stop at 500. Somebody that makes 3 million didn't stop at 500 or a million, right? My goal is to help people understand that uh, really that there is no limit to where you're currently at. Doesn't matter what situation you're in. Doesn't matter your doesn't matter your background. And I wasn't going to say the f word. I was going to say fricking, but I didn't think that'd be proper for for a podcast. But it doesn't matter about your background. It doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. What does matter is mindset. Out here in my office, I've got this sign about mindset. 
so that every, and I, I don't like the word employee, even though they are of mine, we work together. We all work together as one family, not a team. We work together as a family. And mindset means that you're going to conquer every little obstacle that comes in front of you. It's why my company is called Rhino Financial and Rhino Fin Consulting. Both of my companies have to do with the Rhino. And I'm going to get into it, Rod. You already Let's know. Let's go for it. Let's go. Let's go. I was hoping you, you would explain the Rhino. Let's go. I'm going to explain it. The Rhino has five characteristics. And you, you know what? I used to talk about this just to get people pumped up, you know, and excited and motivated at the end of a meeting. But if you actually kind of sit back and you're still and you actually accept what it is and you think about each aspect, man, it, it can impact your career. It can impact your life. Number one is pound for pound. A rhino is the strongest mammal on this planet and people will follow confidence. Think about the people that you respect, that the listeners respect. You're listening right now. Think about who you respect. They're not weak. They're not unconfident. They're not unsure about themselves. They are confident. They are strong. You got to be, you got to be very, very strong. You got to be strong. You want to succeed. You got to be strong. Number two is that rhinos are notoriously known for the big horn, right? Even when things look great, there will be obstacles. And I'm smiling because I love obstacles. If I have a superpower, give me an obstacle. I want to figure out how to blast through it because you know what? We're rhinos. You got to be able to blast through any obstacle that's there. And every obstacle can be blasted through. Number three, very important too, is that they have very thick skin. You know, even if you don't know much about like animal life, you know that rhinos have really thick skin. This is kind of a culture thing now, Rod, when I talk about it, because we live in a different society today than when I grew up. I mean, all this participatory awards and yada, yada. And I'm not saying that that's, I don't want to get into all that. But when you get into the real world, you got to have thick skin. Otherwise, it's going to be all feelings and emotional. And you're going to get into this whole gossip crowd and, oh, woe is me, victim. No, you know what I train people on is don't be the victim, be the victor. You got to be the victor. You, you know how to do that? You got to have thick skin right now, especially now. Yeah. In the jungle, Rod, this is a true story. Because in the jungle where rhinos are, there's some lions, there's some tigers. They even try to pounce on rhinos and they try to kill them, right? I mean, it's a piece of meat for them. They want to kill them. Yeah. But even those big lions and those big tigers, they only have two and a half, three inch things, even at the front. You know, those big boys that are really scary looking? Rhinos have four inch thick skin. Takes a lot more than one or one lion or one tiger to take down a rhino. Number four is that, and I love this one, is they take they have a very long gestation period. So they take very, very good care of their young. So anybody you're around, you got to take really good care of. Whether it's somebody that works with you, for you, around you, a partner of yours, a broker of yours, you know, somebody, a family member, a friend, take care of each other. You got to take, you, you got to care about each other. And, you know, the, the last one, which is so very, very important as well, is that they actually have bad peripheral vision and they focus. And I will tell your viewers, and if we end on this and we can keep on going, I'd love to. You and I could go on for hours. We by can the go way. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Rhinos focus. 
Yeah. What you focus on grows. What you focus on grows, good or bad, with your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your children, your business associates, your troubles that you have in your career. If you focus on that, you're going to get more troubles. If you focus on the good and what you can accomplish, that will start growing. What you focus on grows. Rhinos focus. Focus harder than you, you, you could ever imagine. That is one of the major keys. It's kind of like this. Uh, you've heard, don't major on the minors, right? But check yourself because what are you really worried about? I was on a call at 6.45 this morning and a beloved individual was talking about an analogy of how you wake up in the morning, you got this backpack on and it's filled with bricks and you try to empty the bricks out so that you can enjoy the end of the day. Yeah. Because you wake up and you got things to do, you got worries, you got concerns. And as we walk through that hour of conversation, what if you could wake up and those bricks weren't even there? If you focus strongly on the good and not the bad, I'm not saying ignore the bad. Everybody's got that. I'm not like rose colored glasses. Yeah. I'm saying what you focus on will grow though. That's right. It'll take those bricks out. I don't know where we're going to go with the rest of this, but I do want to comment on something you talked about, which was love, serve, and care. I, I, I think it's important for the viewers to understand. It, it's important, especially if you get a license, which you should get a license, by the way. But love, serve, and care is like this. It's not just love, serve, care, because that that's a that, that's just the start of it. Yeah. The real statement, because you said that, but man, it's so deep. If you genuinely love others, and genuinely is the key word, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if you genuinely love, you're going to be loved back. It's that simple. People complicate life. Doesn't matter where you're at. It, this could be in India. This could be in Guatemala, where I, I love coffee. It's my favorite coffee, by the way, Guatemala. They, they grow great beans there, Rod. Got it. Okay. It could be in Cabo, wherever you're at. If you love you will get loved back. It's that simple. It's that simple. If you serve expecting nothing in return, listen to that, expecting nothing in return. If you serve, you're going to have people start serving you. You're going to have people start giving to you. It's a weird thing. And giving it can, can mean a lot of different things. But if you start serving, expecting nothing in return, you will be served back. If you genuinely care about people, you're going to get cared about. And Rod, that, that's what these two men, not just Fred Hightower, but especially my dad and Fred, and that's what they taught me. They taught me to love genuinely, care genuinely, serve without expecting anything in return. And you get all that back, man. You know, I, I, I do give all glory up once again. And it's it just been good, man. It, it really has been. And I'm excited about the next chapter. We get a lot going on here at Rhino Fin Consulting. And uh, I, I hope this has been helpful, or at least we had one or two nuggets that are great for the viewers. No, it's, it, it's been wonderful, man. I, I tell you, Lincoln, um, you, you are you are one of one, my friend. You know, um, before you, never met anyone like you after, have not met anyone like you since. Uh, how, how do people get in contact with you? 
uh, they want to want to reach out. They want to find out more about, you know, the, the ERTC, for example, they want to find out, you know, how to how to how to do business with you. Maybe they're they're in the area, Ohio, Virginia. Well, really, you're nationwide. So how, how do people reach you? Yeah. So my website uh, or actually, let's start with the email address. It's I like to boogie at gmail.com. So I like to boogie at gmail. No, you know, you know, that's not true. Hey, no, Ryan's going to put, I like fun, to boogie. Right? You got to have a little fun. <laughs> I like to boogie at Gmail. I have no idea who that goes to. So by the way, if you do send something don't out send of that, it, it is not me. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah, maybe edit that one out of there, Rod. Uh, no, my, my suggestion is go to uh, rhinofinconsulting.com. Uh, there's a lot of info on there right now. We're focused in because we only have a year left of the employee retention tax credit. So we're down in there, even though we do different things. Remember what you focus on grows. We yeah. want to make sure we finish that strong. There's a contact. Uh, you'll get in touch with either my vice president or managing partner, but would love to have people reach out to us and uh, we'll connect with you within a 24 hour, probably a lot less than that, but 24 hour time frame, and make sure that we connect. And, uh, you know, even if we, it, Rod, I want to offer this to the viewers, even if it has nothing to do with employee retention tax credit or even insurance, we're at a point where we just like to talk to people and see if we can help them out, guide them, answer questions. We're a consulting firm, but we don't care what we get in return, right? It's about that service. Right. So if you want to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe it'd be a five five minute conversation. Maybe it'd be a lot longer than that. We're here to serve and it's a pleasure to do so, genuinely. Hey man, listen, I, I just want you to know, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to come on this platform. So much value in this conversation. Um Listen, I don't, I don't think we're going to edit this at all. I think we're just going to let this whole thing ride because there's, this is, this is really good. This is a, a movie's worth, you know, of content. <laughs> but uh, for those who are listening, you know, I, I hope that uh, you, you, you found some value in this conversation here in Lincoln, hearing the story. Uh, I mean, so many journeys and experiences. It, it's, it's much bigger than insurance, but. Even still, maybe you heard something that will influence and inspire your journey and make you think to yourself, you should get a license until the next time.